more recruiting talk on the podcast today. Joined by John Garcia here on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about people who might be committed somewhere else, but might be coming to Georgia anyway. And then we're going to talk about people who have already committed and are already on campus, who John thinks might be making an impact. All of that and more today on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Uh, happy Wednesday to you. I am Daniel, and as I mentioned, I'm joined by John Garcia, Jr. Uh, recruiting guru and expert. Uh, before we get started, want to make sure that I thank the fine folks over at LinkedIn Jobs. They are the official college football recruiting sponsor across all of the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to and faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Okay, John, you're on so many of these podcasts. First of all, how many times a day do you hear that little ad read? I haven't memorized by now. Look, it's it's tough to say LinkedIn and locked on. Back it's a back. lot. So it's just, I, I don't envy you guys in that regard. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, John, you're gracious as always to join us. Um, I want to jump in. We've asked you a lot about some specific players in recent weeks. Obviously, Georgia's had plenty of recruiting drama, as they always do in every cycle, but they've had plenty of drama in this cycle as well. And we're far from over in the 2023 uh, cycle. So um, talk to us about names that maybe Georgia fans should be keeping at the front of their mind, not, necess- not necessarily people who are imminently going to commit, but just names that if you're a Georgia fan far from your mind as we move forward in 2023. Well, yeah, I'll keep it in, in kind of the southern region, Daniel. I think that makes the most sense for, for Georgia sure. fans. I'll start off uh, at IMG Academy, a school that has obviously been pretty good to UGA in the past. I think last year, Dalen Everett, Bear Alexander, a couple great examples. Jonel Aguero, you know, verbal commit was from IMG last year. Uh, I'll start down there with Samuel Mpemba. I think he's a guy who we know mm-hmm. is really going to take his time with the process. And we, we know, you know, there's always a desire for more edge talent, and he could be one of the top two or three yep. edge guys in the entire class. Uh, so I think he's gotten a little less buzz nationally because he's comparatively taking it slow. Uh, everybody, it seemed like everyone else wanted to make this decision in July or August ahead of their senior season so they could focus on football. We hear those quotes all the time, and that's great, but there's still a contingency of elite players that have the luxury to take their time. And Pemba is one of those guys. The more he assimilates to that edge position, I think the more attractive a school like Georgia could be on his list. And he's got a wide-ranging list. It's it's Miami, it's Florida, it's Georgia, Notre Dame. He's got some West Coast schools in there, wants to see Oregon. So I think there's a whole lot of let's see how the season goes for a lot of these programs. But we know what we're getting with the Georgia Bulldogs. So I think in that regard, if some of those teams maybe don't profile the way he's expecting, 
a school like Georgia can hang around and stay at the top of this race uh, for the long haul. And one source yeah. actually told me they thought Georgia could be the team to beat long term for Impemba. So I think that would profile well positionally and, and certainly optically when you pull an IMG Academy elite. So he's one I would keep an eye on. And then two more you know, front seven guys in, in the state of Alabama that are now confirmed to 100% be package deals. I, I know I'm always skeptical of this, but I was yeah. with James Smith and Quay Rousseau in person uh, at Florida over the last weekend, and they doubled down on the package deal thing. Uh, you know, they like Florida, by the way. It was their first time there, but most people consider this more of, of an Alabama-Georgia situation, and we've seen these battles go back and forth, right? I mean, there's really no other way to put that, uh, but they really doubled down on the package deal element of the process, and they don't have an official list of schools. They said it's going to come out soon, but look, Georgia's going to be on there. Alabama's going to be on there. That, that's going to be a heavyweight slugfest type of battle that is also what we think going to stretch like in Pemba, maybe all the way till December. So I do think yeah. that them together could be an interesting package for Georgia because I think at one point we felt like James Smith was more likely to Georgia, Rasaw, maybe Bama or Auburn. But now they're so, again, they're so set on this package deal thing that I'm like, it's probably going to come down to Alabama and Georgia anyway. So it's like one kid versus the other. It could come down to it. In the end. So who's more influential it could be fascinating to follow. So I would play the long game. If I'm a Georgia fan, especially with some of those front seven recruits, there's a lot still ahead uh, for the Bulldogs in this cycle, but you know, it's not like it's been bad before top five class for us. That's yeah. illustrated and, and a lot of room to move up as, as you mentioned. Yeah. And I think that's the funny thing about these, this recruiting Especially now when you get a lot of you, you tend to always get this wave of early commitments and but the you gotta remind yourself recruiting is a it's a it's not over till it's over and it's a long you know, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint all those types of things. And so um it's like you said, it's not like Georgia's got a bad class in the barn right now. You know, it's it's a bull, but some Georgia fans wringing their hands about some guys that maybe missed on and and all of that but a lot more talent still out there um i gotta man you just bring up uh give me a real quick answer because you bring up you know the uh in pemba and you bring up miami as kind of a big a big suitor to him obviously miami's got the new coaching situation and that seems like there's a lot of momentum down there and then obviously bring up florida with maybe not as huge contenders, you know, for the two kids out of Alabama, but Florida's got their own thing going. They've had a little momentum in the 2023 class as well. Who's a bigger threat to Georgia long term? The current staff at Miami or the current staff at Florida, do you think? Oh, that's a great question. You could really kind of tilt it either way. I actually asked him, Pemba, at IMG last week, what, how he views those two, how do you view them differently? And he said, well, Miami's got more buzz. Obviously the city is very attractive to go to, but then he said, Florida kind of defensive minded and you get the STC tag, which is so important in, in, in any recruits decision, especially on that side of the ball. So it's kind of even between the sure. two, but I think nationally Miami's probably more equipped nationally. So if you're battling for a kid from Texas mm -hmm. or California or North Carolina, mm -hmm. I would say the Hurricanes. But, you know, closer to home, Alabama, Georgia, northern Florida, I think the Gators 
would profile long term as as the more competitive shooter. But they're very close, really, no matter how you mm. look at it. I think in the rankings, one was nine and one was like 12. So they're they're all right there near each other. And both have had considerable momentum this summer. So that's a great question that will probably be, be asked down in the Sunshine yeah. State like every day from here on out. <laughs> yeah, a very political answer on John Garcia. See his part. He says both both are. But if he if he knew his audience, he would have doubled down on the Miami because everyone on this podcast is wants you to say Florida is done and Miami is here to stay. But uh, I think it, it'll be interesting to watch that moving. Right. Well, I got more to talk to you about. First, I want to let the people online. They are your online sportsbook experts, and they are the official sportsbook partner of the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. The only place that Clint and I trust to make all of our wagers online football season is coming there's win totals that are out right now there's national championship there's conference championship odds that are out right now all of these things you should be focusing all of your attention betting wise forget about baseball forget about the nfl uh you don't know who's going to be suspended and for how many games they're going to be suspended and all things like so focus all your attention on college football go to bet online right now enter the promo code locked on you get a bonus on your Initial deposit. That's free money with which to wager at Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts, partner of the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. That's betonline.net. Enter the promo code Locked On for a bonus on your initial deposit. All right, John, let's talk about some flips here. This is a tougher question, I know, for you to answer. It's kind of maybe, you know, like you don't know. You don't have, you know, like I know you talk to these kids and you hear the buzz and whatever. We're not asking you to, you know, to, to work any magic and give us any definite thing. If they were definite, then it would already be out there. But it seems as though Kirby has a reputation, at least among Georgia fans, at least among me. Kirby has a reputation for some signing day drama. He tends to, who is a, you know, a lock to all. Auburn or a lock to another SEC school or seems to be, you know, been committed for a long time somewhere. And, and wouldn't you know it, roundabout signing day, that those, those kids tend to make their way down to Athens. And so as a Georgia fan, you kind of come to expect it, which is on the one hand, it's maybe unfair to expect that kind of magic out of Kirby every year. But on the other hand, he, he's the best in the business. And so, you know, you, you, with that, uh, Success comes those expectations. And so who might Georgia fan, who are guys that are not open market guys who are already committed to another school, but Georgia fans might just want to keep their eye on them a little bit as the recruit. Yeah, that's a great question, Daniel. I think certainly, you know, you think of the quarterback and running back position and, and there might not be specific names to drop just yet, but you know, those are big target areas for UGA here going forward sure. so i think those those kind of come uh, without saying and that will develop as the season does but i think we've seen some traction with some other prospects that that have been committed and, and are looking into sec territory i think keon Kelly's one that deserves to be brought up longtime notre dame commitment but he's out of tampa florida and he has continued to take visits to florida to alabama this past weekend i think georgia's trying to get him on campus for a game this year there is a sense that if he stays closer to home, he's going to play SEC football. And again, you talk about the best recruiting staffs in the country, and, and Georgia's right up there with, with all of them, particularly, again, for 
some of those defensive recruits. So, so those would be some names that, that I would keep an eye on. I think there's room on the offensive line to potentially try to flip some prospects. You know, we've seen Georgia in the thick of a lot of these battles, and they've gone either way. Uh, but I think there's there's some traction to potentially – you know, flip or reflip uh, prospects that have been, you know, undecided mm-hmm. in the past. And there's still some uncommitted guys, of course, Oak and Lola, Monroe Freeling um, as well, that, that are set to come off the board uh, sometime relatively soon or, or not. Maybe they take it all the way. There's still TBD uh, with some of those recruits uh, as well. And, and a lot of these kids are going to commit again before the season starts. So you wonder if they start to take visits to other schools for games. Maybe they want to check out UGA in person um a guy who comes to mind like that is tony mitchell the alabama commitment who is a safety target you know you miss on caleb downs maybe you want to get them back and flip one of their dbs from in state uh and tony mitchell he's shown some willingness to, to go out and take visits he just committed to bama but he was at texas a&m this past weekend we know georgia was the other finalist in that conversation. So I think that could be an interesting prospect to keep an eye on uh, down the line. So I I think generally kids already in that SEC footprint are just feel more flippable. So positionally I'd look at quarterback running back, but individual Mm -hmm. players, I'm thinking more defense, Tony Mitchell, uh, Keon Keeley comes to mind uh, right at the top of the list. Yeah. uh, More. uh, I like that again. appreciate some some specific names even though you try to be again all as always diplomatic in your answer appreciate that but uh, um you mentioned the, you mentioned george's staff and you know a lot of these you know it seems like the offensive talent is the big is need on this georgia team and yet you know the staff has shown no sign of of slowing down when it comes to recruiting top defensive players from all over um uh, quickly segment um glenn schumann just signed big extension big new obviously kirby has new contract but then glenn schumann got his new contract as well georgia fans already know who this guy is but, but from a national recruiting landscape how good is Glenn Schumann and you know what what kind of a difference does a guy like that at the helm of the defense for Georgia you know Kirby's you know the big dog and he's 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 making it all happen but but how important you know you lose a guy like Dan Lanning but then when you're able to slide a guy like Glenn Schumann right in to that role how how critical is that for Georgia to be able to maintain staff like that that's huge. That That's so hard to do coming off of a national title. We, we, we used to see Alabama do it every year, and now Georgia's experiencing it, where when you win, people want to build that elsewhere, right? Obviously, Lanning is, is the best example of that. I think Monken's going to start to get some of those overtures in the coming years. It's just something that comes with success. So seeing how Kirby navigates that will be critical. The extension for him helps to navigate it. And getting his assistance a couple more dollars never hurts in that same pursuit. And with Schumann in particular, Daniel, I think you can make the argument if you associate an assistant coach with a position where there's prowess both in recruiting, development, and the on-field product, Schumann with linebackers is right up there with Corey Raymond and defensive backs, Brian Hartline with wide receivers. I think Kyle Flood on the O-line's got one of those, Sam Pittman as well, uh, reputation. So I think that group that he just sent to the NFL certainly provides a whole lot of benefit of the doubt 
for recruits going forward. And look at the best position group Georgia has on board right now. It might be DB, but I think it's linebacker. Troy Bowles. I mean, Raylan Wilson runs as, as well as a guy who's 50 pounds lighter. CJ Allen has no slouch as well. So I love the group that they've already built. It's my favorite linebacker core class in the country for 2023 Ooh. right now. And I think Glenn Schumann is obviously the core reason for a lot of those guys. If you had to go beat big boy competition to get all of them. I know Allen's in state, so it appears as a layup, but Troy Bowles, you had to beat Ohio State. You had to beat Oklahoma, Clemson, who he really liked. With Raylan Wilson, he was a Michigan commitment when you, when you started really digging your heels in on him. And then you complete the flip there to just remind folks of what happened on the field in the playoff as well. So I, I think that group is special. That group should continue to be special under Schumann's watch. And I think it's more emphasized now with him calling the shots as a defensive coordinator in conjunction with Kirby, as you mentioned. That post is is as coveted as it, it will get in college football because of that connection to Kirby Smart, much like we hear with other coaches yeah. associated with one side of the ball. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, the, in, in that, and you know more than I do, but the difference between that DB class and the linebacker class is 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 need area of need you expect the db class to be huge because georgia needs it quite frankly but if you look at the linebacker class and you got Xavier sorry and smile Mondin from two years ago you got cj washington you know uh, and um the other kid uh ruben at it last year you got the, the linebacker class has been strong each and every year the cupboard is stacked and yet like to your point glenn schumann just keeps going out there taking care of business and bringing in prospects all right i want to talk a little bit about some of those players on campus with you from last year that a take on who it is that we might see on the field this fall making a difference for the red and black right after this all right john so um i know you're Focused on 2023, this is all old news to you. You've forgotten all of these names. You've just immediately erased them from your brain. I don't know how you keep these names straight in your brain in the first place. It's unbelievable that just how you pull names out of a hat. I can't keep track of one roster, but you're keeping track of the entire high school football landscape. So uh, forgive me for asking you to access last year's brain. But Georgia signed a pretty good class in 2022. Maybe you heard of it. Um, players that uh, are now on campus, some of them early enrollees, some of them not. And I know that you're not as familiar with the Georgia depth chart as I am. You're not as familiar maybe as our listeners are with, with the ins and outs of Georgia football. So maybe take depth out of it. Take position of need out of it even. And you just tell me from your evaluation of these kids, from what you saw as they were coming up to the ranks, they've now been on campus. They're now studying under Todd Monken and Glenn Schumann and Kirby Smart and staff. So who, it, who is it in that 2022 class that Georgia is about to see take the field this fall that you could see? You wouldn't be surprised at all if they make an instant impact, if we see them out on the field, not teams, but maybe even getting into that rotation and making some significant uh, offense-defense plays this fall. 
my mind goes to the edge class, Daniel. I, I know there's the front seven was so darn good last year that you just know new names have to pop in because all those guys, you know, outside of Jalen and Nolan are in the NFL. So I'm looking at the edge class, which for me was the best group Georgia brought in last year. I know the secondary class was very good, O-line as well. But I really love the edge group. I think UGA was the only school to sign three SI 99 recruits at that edge spot. Uh, and two of them were at the very top, Michael Williams and Marvin Harris, certainly uh, very, very highly thought of, but we were high on Darius Smith too. I think he's a freaky athlete who, when you talk about that position, you see situational value, right? And I think that's where there, there could be some splashes from this crew. And what's interesting about those three pass rushers they're all very, very different. Uh, I think Marvin Jones, I said Marvin Harris. With Jones, I think you get kind of a, a balanced pass rusher, right? Extremely long, still developing from a physical standpoint, but he can bend, he can win with speed. With Michael, you get the total package of a big physical strong side defensive end where he can beat you with speed, but could also counter with legitimate power and some advanced technique. And then with Darius, you get the raw athlete, track star, long as the tallest hmm. of the group which is saying something the longest arms of the group which is saying something so you talk about you know the value you have variance in these pass rushers and, and we all know you can't have enough pass rushers in, in this day and age of college football so depending on down distance and package i could see one or multiple of these edge rushers really factoring in for georgia when it counts most and we we've seen that over the years that these freshmen translate at that position at a high rate especially when they're brought along slowly and and the first step for most of them is usually third down situational pass rushing that's where we see guys really come into their own and i think this group that that, that are true freshmen is pretty darn special yeah and that, that's an interesting you know that's a great point in terms of if you are a quarterback if you're an o-lineman you got to get a lot of snaps, you know, in order to really make a difference on the team. But you're talking about some of these guys, you could play five snaps in a game and you could have two quarterback pressures and a sack in those five snaps. And af after the game, everybody's talking about you like you're the MVP of the defense when you were only out there on third and 15, you know, a few different times. And, and that's an interesting, I think when you think about the depth and you, you compare what you just said and you combine that with the depth on the roster, I think, you know, you lose a lot of interior depth at Georgia. Obviously, you keep guys like Nolan Smith and Robert B. Good, at, good players on the edge. And so a lot of people assume, well, there's not a ton of room on the edge because you got both of your edge guys are really coming back. You got those two guys in the fold. But when you lose guys like Devontae Wyatt, like Jordan Davis, guys that you just, you, you know, you can't take Devontae Wyatt off the field. He's too good on third down. Doesn't matter what the down and distance is. But this year, you have Jalen Carter still, and we'll see how Zion Logue and some of these other guys progress and do for Georgia. But you might see a lot more packages, like you said, on specific down and distances where you might get three, four edge guys on the field at the same time, and you might start to see uh curb must champ get a little bit creative and so you can't all look at the depth chart because you know the depth chart doesn't always play out like that as you said and as an edge defender you can you can wreck a game in just a handful of plays i think that Darius smith 
is is that's the one that I, I don't think Georgia fan you everybody knows Marvin Jones you know everybody knows uh Michael Williams like these are the the premier the five star the premier the you know these are the 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 guys that you build your recruiting class around but uh that Darius Smith that's an interesting one uh for Georgia coming on the defensive front so uh appreciate on with us today um we'll have you back on i'm sure there'll be much more to talk about in the 2023 class uh and clint and i will be back later this week with more on the university of georgia locked on bulldogs here on the lockdown podcast network we'll see you guys later